Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. England's national team has had many ups and downs. A particularly low point came when England lost 1-0 to Germany in a World Cup qualifier, which was also the final game at the old Wembley Stadium. Who's going to have the final kick of the football at Wembley? If it's Harman, it will be very appropriate. It is the score of the last goal. The guests have spoiled the party. Wembley's last game belongs to Germany. Immediately after the match, manager Kevin Keegan resigned, reportedly from a toilet cubicle. Things were bad, and the FA needed a solution. Was it finally time to appoint a non-English manager? Yes, yes it was. Enter Sven-Joran Eriksson. And Salas's goal gives Lazio another European trophy, having won their first when they won the Cup Winners' Cup at Villa Park in May. The Swede came with high expectations after success with Lazio and almost immediately delivered one of England's most memorable performances, a 5-1 win over Germany in the reverse fixture of that very same qualifying campaign. And Skulls gets forward, he's got Heskey on for the pass. England are in again, it's Emil Heskey! It's five! How bright the future looked on that day. The players looked revitalised, the football was thrilling and the manager was so cerebral, mild-mannered and understated that if the tabloids went digging into his private life to try and ruin him, then surely they wouldn't find anything. 
The real match of the day at Stamford Bridge was up in the stands. TV presenter Ulrika Johnson was there, as was the greatest living Swede, England's coach Sven Joran Eriksson. Starring David Beckham, Steven Gerrard, Gerrard. Yes. and all but mostly Anne Frank Lampard. Still Lampard, there's the fourth goal. John Terry, little Mickey Owen. A very young Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney is in for England again. Darius Vassell, Ulrika Johnson and many, many others. This is the Football Rambles Guide to Sven Joran Eriksson's England. Well, here we are, gentlemen. Well, well, well. The first ever three-hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to this. <laughs> My goodness. Um, how lovely it was to uh, reminisce about, uh, as he was then, uh, the balding smoothie Sven Joran Eriksson in charge of it. Hang on, is he still not the balding smoothie? Well, he's, he's often cutting his hair at the back, so he's just completely bald. I yeah. think I think he counted as bald even then. Yeah, I mean, he. That's the thing. When when a certain tabloid did refer to him as balding smoothie Sven Joran Eriksson, I did think to myself, "There's he is bald. He's just got the hair around the yeah. sides." Yeah, really. it's actually some of the more generous treatment. They yeah, gave him. <laughs> maybe, maybe the writer of that piece had same hair as Sven Joran Eriksson and cast himself as balding to make himself feel better. True enough. Do you think one of the finest? Um, <laughs> things we've ever seen in um the the sort of the the, the pantheon of football banter was that uh, young school kid who had his head shaved and cut like a Sven Jorner. Wonder what he's up to great. now. I'd love to have him on the show. Oh mm. yeah. Be absolutely oh, yeah. fantastic to see what the kid's up to. Uh, now. I reckon he's a very very successful businessman. Do you reckon he's proud of what he did? Oh, oh, yeah, must be. <laughs> it yeah. can't be any other possible scenario that he's embarrassed about that. I'd like to think he now looks like Sven and he does the Sven lookalike routine. Yeah, that'd be you see, th these days someone would step in and give him the Burton blazer in his side. What's that? The Burton England blazer. Yes. I think it was a real shame they weren't mass produced because I would have bought that ahead of an England shirt inspired by Sven. Well, he probably got the M&S ones, didn't he? Or, and a Southgate waistcoat. Uh, in the can past. I just He's say, probably keeping all this up. There's not a world in which we all live and Mark doesn't know what Burton is. Sorry, I thought it was like a like, oh, give him the old Burton waistcoat. I've never heard. Yeah, I've never heard a phrase like that. It sounds like a South London fret. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Burton's menswear. My set, set the scene for us, then, Marcus. Well, when, when Big Spend comes in, England were in bad shape. Right, they were. They absolutely were. Uh, of course, October two thousand, Kevin Keegan had stepped down as manager from that uh, toilet cubicle at the old Wembley. Um, England were struggling in their group. Uh, for World Cup qualification for the World Cup in 2002. And Sven was appointed head coach of England in January 2001, so just a few months after Keegan had left and would be at the helm for over half a decade until the summer of 2006. It was seen as a left-field appointment because after Keegan's sacking, he wasn't even among the top 15 candidates in the bookmaker's odds. Mm. You had John Gregory was in there, for those yeah, who remember. Doing former, doing former, wow. former yeah. Peter Reid. Brian Robson, David O'Leary, surprisingly. Mm. Um, Alan Kerbishley was in there. So a lot of, um, you know, sort of familiar faces for those who remember the um, the, the, the football landscape at the, at the time. Yeah. So Sven was manager of Lazio. They'd, they'd, they'd won Serie A. They'd won a few trophies as well. You know, he was considered quite a kind of a glamorous foreign um, manager. At the time, Serie A, of course, was still probably the best Pretty league good. in Europe. Pretty good, yeah, for sure, yeah. You know, so it was, it was, uh, it was, it was um, uh, you know, he was considered probably one of the, the biggest names in terms of managers in the world at the time. But despite that, the fact that he wasn't English and then when the rumours started to hit the papers that, that he might be in the frame, some people just couldn't deal with this. Mm -hmm. People they, felt very, very strongly about it. I did. remember at the time, um, it was when not probably around the time that you and I, us three, sort of started to get to know each other, maybe a bit later that year. But it, it was, yeah. It, we were at Farnborough at the time, and I, I can remember um, 
it being a very, very, very big event. I mean, mm -hmm. the world was not as connected as it is now. Um, England, of course, if you've, as you've already mentioned, had never had a non-English manager. And it was almost seen by the newspapers who, of course, some would say they still do regularly disgrace themselves, particularly the tabloid <laughs> press, but they used to a lot more then. I mean, there was a tradition then, mm. if you take it back kind of 10 years before that, um, of how badly they behaved around the, Bra the Bobby Robson thing. Yep. Yeah. They, they mm. kind of really took this mm -hmm. as almost a excuse to be hugely xenophobic, mm. question the integrity of, of mm -hmm. what English football had become, question the existential or philosophical issues that come along with hiring a manager who was from another country. And it was a talking point in, 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 at the start of 2001 for a very, very long time. But examining where... what it means philosophically is, is, is one thing. But as you say, going back to the beginning of it, the way in which it was expressed was very different. So I think everyone thinks of that infamous Jeff Powell piece for the, yeah. the, the Daily Mail, for example, where there's lots of blunt and incorrect stereotyping of, of Swedes. And Didn't he say it was a nation of they all go skiing and there's only seven million of them and it was... It a was nation of hammer throwers. Hammer throwers yeah. skiers. It's like dark for six months a year and actually you, you sense there was a glee particularly in that piece but in other points of the press as well it's like oh we've not had a chance to have a go at Sweden before <laughs> what can we say about Sweden <laughs> yeah. this is brilliant uh, but I think the, 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 you're right and something you said there Luke it, it reminded me of certainly back then they certain journalists and certain editors, they almost thought they were like this sort of arbiters of the game or yeah. like the gatekeepers. If you see what I mean, I'm yeah. perhaps not the it's right It's only terminology. social media that stopped that. Yeah, right. It's, it's, only, it's only that, and the younger listeners won't maybe fully appreciate this, but they, were setting, they felt like they were setting the agenda and there was no way, really, of um, the general public giving their feedback to the newspapers apart from whether they bought the newspaper or not. So they would all be living yeah. down circulation, yeah. right? And it would yeah. be outrage and all the rest of it. It's only since social media where everyone's been like, you're a bunch of fucking wankers. We're not interested. Well, some people are in, still interested. But you know what I mean? But, but, but a lot less Circulation has never been lower, right? Yeah. And, and the, the, the story I was just going to tell very briefly to, to kind of encapsulate the outrage of this appointment, because the England national team is obviously a big deal, right? Um, when we were at Farmer College, there yep. was a, the student union, mm. the media department had done a Vox Pops thing for the, you know, the, the college's, TV channel or whatever yep. and they should do it every week and mm. it would be a different question every week and the media guys would sit there with a the camera and you take it in turns to sit in the, in the seat mm. and give your opinion on something and they could never get anyone to do it mm. right that this week it was Sven your excellent point as the England manager and people were queuing up <laughs> students yeah. right it's not even like they're yeah. known for being right wing and nationalistic yeah. students were queuing up to sit in there and say what a disgrace it was yeah. it was incredible mm. well, the outlet well, we, we should say as well it wasn't just the, the tabloids of course in the papers Paul Gascoigne who was you know he was still a professional footballer at the time um, said it would be an embarrassment for English football David Beckham who was very much a part of the team said the England team should be managed by an Englishman. And there was lots of people with these kind of quotes. Now, to be honest, that 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 chat is still relevant. I mean, I know some people feel that um, that a, a manager of a national team should be from that country. Yeah, absolutely. I think the... I mean, you said just moments before we came in, Jim, that it should be the best of a nation versus well, the best we, of a nation. I think we all understand that, right? I, I agree with there that. Is, there is, and I don't uh, think it makes you some sort of scumbag if you if you have that view. That's the other stuff that makes Jim a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> there is a tendency, I think, for people to look at that opinion and think, oh, it's slightly xenophobic mm. or kind of, um, you know, kind of old-fashioned, really, to look at mm. that opinion. But... Um, you know, as we discussed, the idea of the best of a nation versus the best of a nation is what makes international football so interesting, right? On the flip side of that, what I would say 
is that it's very easy for us as a very developed football nation yeah. to say that. You know, a, a lot of a lot of nations have benefited from expertise from elsewhere to kind of help improve their international yeah. games. Like so, Scotland and Bertie votes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's the example. Half, really, half of Africa it? and Bertie <laughs> votes. <laughs> exactly. Harvey Renard would be well, a exactly. better example. Absolutely, the, the, the wonderful Harvey <laughs> Renard. And actually, I think you've got to look at the position the FA were in at the time as well because it feels... It feels almost silly to call it kind of a barren period for England, given some of the dross that we've lived through mm. in the life cycle of this podcast. But, um, you know, the situation with Keegan had become a bit of a debacle. Um, we've got fond memories of, of France 98, but, you know, we went out really early. Four we've, games. Exactly. Yeah. So you feel like it was this heroic defeat that a lot of credit came from. It went out in the last 16. Mm. Um, Euro 96 had been heartbreaking. What wasn't, we weren't even there in 94. There was a sense that we've got to change something. And look at that list of names. John Gregory, Peter Reid, Brian Robson, David O'Leary, Alan Kerbishley, none of them would have been good enough. They were left trying to find someone who wasn't at the level of a man who'd just quit in the toilet. Exactly. And also, <laughs> we can't stress enough, as I said earlier, Sven was hot property, if you see what I mean. Yeah, um, in more ways than one. In all the ways, uh, he was hot property. But he was, you know, at the top of his game. Um, you know, I mean, so, so when he arrived... Um, he went on the charm offensive because that's just what he does. I'll be yeah. We weren't ready for it. We, we weren't expecting it. No. Yeah, well, on his first day, um, he and his assistant, Todd Grip, love that guy, yeah. uh, went to watch West Ham play Sunderland. And, and this was the first of a series of trips to all corners of England to watch games and meet fans. He had Abba with him. He did. I'm no doubt he did. Mm. Um, uh, or perhaps they were just lookalikes. <laughs> um, but he, I think, you know, there was an obvious charm offensive. It was, no, I am getting stuck into this. I, I am I am uh, doing this job properly. I'm not just, you know, because Fenn said, you know, he, he wasn't sure. Even he said, well, should it go to a non-Englishman, apparently. But yeah. it, it suggests humility as well, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does, yeah. I, I, I think and people really like that. Whatever they were expecting from Ericsson, they weren't really expecting this. The thing that I remember most about him being England manager is always being present at the game. Yeah. yeah. Getting in the thick That's of right. it. And I think you've seen in subsequent years international coaches and managers who've tried to almost do it remotely. Mm. It, it's not worked well, for at, them at all. So The for, situation with Jürgen Klinsmann and, um, yeah. and, and the, the US men's... I mean, funnily, funnily enough, the, the great start that Ronald Koeman had for the Netherlands, mm -hmm. he did exactly... He copied exactly what Sven has yeah, done here. There yeah. we are. Uh, very much with regards to um, uh, the professional side of the job. Um, the FA, around this time, even published a Sven tracker on their website so supporters could find him wherever he would pop up next. Presumably, they Do you reckon they had little England players had little things in their sort of front garden saying, Sven, stop here, <laughs> yeah, like maybe. kids do at Christmas? Maybe, yeah. Presumably they switched off at night, Andy. <laughs> what a two thousand and one story that is. Yeah. <laughs> Sven's, we've got a Sven tracker on our website. Oh, where no. is he? Is it? Oh, oh no. He's at mine. <laughs> By the time of his first game, which was a friendly against Spain at Villa Park, which England won 3-0, I think, uh, fans were wearing Sven masks. And Sven himself said that he wasn't surprised about the press. And he's not he's not really, um, doesn't seem to be uh, He's quite mild-mannered, isn't he? Very mild-mannered, yeah. but it takes a lot to fluster him, I think and, it's and, fair and, to say. And the mild-mannered nature of it would probably become to haunt him later on. Quite mm. possibly, yeah. yeah. But I think people... Which, which, sorry, Marcus, to go in, but that, that is... That is interesting, though, in itself, because 
that speaks to this kind of flip-flopping that the FA always seem to do between different coaches, mm-hmm. an action and a reaction. Because, of yep. course, you had Kevin Keegan, a very emotional figure. Yes. Before that, you had Glenn Hoddle, a very big personality. Yep. And it's almost a bit like they've gone, well, mm-hmm. what we need now is someone who's just you know, a bit calm. Just, mm-hmm. just, just like a, a bit. gentle hand on the tiller because we've got so many mm-hmm. good players. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's right. Although perhaps the comparisons with Southgate sort of end there, really. Yeah. But, but I think that's it with Sven. I think he did charm everybody. Actually, a lot of people were won over. I would say that. I know we can we, you can look at the tabloids and we can look at the initial outrage whether they were students or whether they were taxi drivers you know people were like ah, what's this fairly soon actually everyone was kind of like there was a novelty about it actually yeah. about this this interesting intriguing man of mystery international man of mystery you know mm. um and actually you know as we would as as his time would go along I think it was actually his tactical decisions where people started to question him, but we will come to that. Of course, in September 2001, England went to Munich, beat Germany 5-1. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was it was outrageous stuff. I mean, Germany, you could argue, were there for the taking, blah, 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 blah. I don't oh, think it the was... the credit in the bank it gave him. Oh, yeah. Jim, it was, it was sensational, you know, and of course, suddenly he's being compared to Sir Alf Ramsey and all this kind of ridiculous stuff. And... You know, England, of course, um, would 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 qualify um, for, for for that World Cup, but despite all that good feeling and all that credit in the bank, sometimes you could argue he didn't help himself. You know, there were reports that he was keen to replace Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United when uh, Ferguson was due for retirement. R- retirement, sorry, around the early noughties, which again one can forget he stayed on, didn't he, for yeah. a number of years? But Sven's name was linked, and I think he was quite happy uh, about that. He also had to apologise to the FA when he met Roman Abramovich in two thousand and three. After which he released a statement reaffirming his commitment to England. So again, he had a roving eye. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't, it, isn't it quite interesting how like this kind of stuff probably goes on all the time in football? In fact, yeah, we know yes. it does, right? And there is also still, I think, a little bit of the xenophobic undertone mm-hmm. to like. To me, it feels like reading those stories, and I do remember them at the time. And now looking back on it, I think. There's an element to it where it's like this isn't cricket. Come on, yeah. we're, we're English here. We don't do things but, like but that, which is, is obviously complete bollocks. But that's yeah, what. Also, I think the other thing is when you bear in mind that way before this in the, in the 90s, he almost went to Blackburn and then binned them off to to go to Lazio. So it was Sven doing exactly yeah, what yeah, Sven but, always but did. The funny thing is, though, is that I think people think that if you're England manager that should be you until you're not England manager, and only yeah. then should you start thinking about the next. Well, they, they hammered, they hammered Bobby Robson for that. They yeah. did. He lined up a job ahead after England. Yeah. Can I just put a potentially, you know, lightning hot take out there for you guys to to, to devour? Do it. That England beating Germany five one was possibly the worst thing to happen to England in the yeah, last no, five years. I think you're right, and I think um, that it's the last thing they needed. Yeah, a massive it, big bit of wallpaper over a gigantic crack. Worse yeah, yeah. than Iceland. Um, <laughs> I think philosophically <laughs> worse than Iceland because you can always lose a game. You can always lose a game on the day. This is this basically convinced everyone to do with England, including the fans. That if we just got it right, it'll be fine. Yeah, I know what and you mean. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, because England obviously went one nil down early in that game. If England win two one or three one, you know, it's a great result. But the fact is, they hammered them. I remember when. Yeah, you you, when we, you, we're not talking about it now. Do you know what I mean? It's no, a good but, result. But you remember it's, when it's you Tim remember, Lovejoy's favourite ever moment, probably. Yeah, exactly. And that tells you everything you need to know. But I mean, you remember when Colombia went to? I think it was Argentina and won five nil in a World Cup qualifier ahead yeah. of World Cup ninety four. Yeah. And apparently, when the fifth goal went in. The assistant coach turned around to the manager and went, "We're we're screwed. Yeah, we can't. We will never be able to match up to this expectation." Mm. It depends what your aim is. I mean, I, I have to say, in the short term, this if, is with hindsight. Of course, when the fifth goal goes in, I'm celebrating. Andy, yeah, go, yeah. hey, no, 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 I, oh, I loved I, it at the time. Understand, <laughs> yeah. understand that, but I'm thinking even now, if you're saying, say, watching England should be enjoyment again, then Sven did a lot for that. He, yeah. he really did a lot oh, for he that made because us feel because that there again. had been there had been some miserable years and some yeah. miserable moments and at least qualifying for stuff was something 
he made a given. And well, he made that... us feel good about ourselves again, didn't he? Exactly. We really didn't think we were going to qualify for that. England were were down the bottom of the group uh, when he took over, which is quite something to think. And then, of course, after they beat Germany, they I mean, they nearly ballsed it up, didn't they? They needed a last gasp, Beckham free kick, and a great performance from Anthony Niemi in golf for Finland against Germany, uh, who, whose name we should never forget. But England went to that tournament with um, with with high expectation, um, and and Sven said, you know, before the tournaments, he said people would always walk past him in the street. They'd be like, it's our time, Sven, isn't it? It's our year. And when he says this and he talks about being in charge of England, he always talks about it with a smile. Mm. And he said, he said, you feel that support. You feel the nation pushing you mm. forward. And he said, it's an incredible thing. And he always often talks fondly about his time um, at England. Um, Tall Grip took his accordion with him, which is quite nice. <laughs> Tall Grip's a legend. Sven so uh, funny. tickling the ivories or tinkering the ivories. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. I play late 40s music, a little bit of swing. I'm a big band man. <laughs> That's what yes. Claude says. And what a grip he has, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Got a grip on our hearts. Yeah, well, um, Grip also said, with regards to, to Sven, um, he said, we have been to many dinners together and he always pays. We talk about everything, a little bit of music, some books we have read recently, and I will play the accordion for him. Just, it, it is beautiful. You know, you know, they say the definition of a gentleman is a man who can play the accordion but doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, Todd doesn't subscribe to that. Yeah. No, Todd thinks everyone wants a bit of it. How many, how many well, times? Spends the gent, obviously. Of course, exactly. He buys dinner for everybody. I'll Jim. buy it for you. I'll buy you the dinner. Yeah. I'll even let you do a bit of accordion if you want. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All 
you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot forward slash ramble. And of course, at the World Cup 2002, not the best of starts against Sweden, but then England played Argentina four years earlier. Argentina had knocked England out of the competition. <laughs> David one, Beckham gets the penalty, yeah. a bit of a redemption arc there. We're, we are all so on board at yes, this point. absolutely you, right. Yes. We overstated. Well, that's right. It was, it was, it was proper like revenge. And that's what has been so much about England, particularly this era. England spent a lot of their energy mm-hmm. as a nation, as a fandom, and as a as a media mm-hmm. gearing up for a revenge against Argentina. When what they should have probably been doing mm-hmm. is talking about focusing on winning the whole tournament. True, but I don't think the, the the squad played that because the way they played that game was very cool, calm, and collected. And actually, yeah, okay, it was a penalty. They didn't create too many chances in in, in one sense, but actually. The way they held on to that 1-0 lead, the way they passed the ball, it was a very mature performance against a side who are always hugely up for it against England. And it was a very impressive win. And you suddenly thought, blimey, we've beaten Argentina. As Jim, you were saying, you know, it feels like, you know, exercise some of those ghosts of 98 and so on. You know, we're on for it. And of course, England then in the second round didn't even get out of third gear and beat Denmark 3-0 up against Brazil. 1-0 1-0 up and then we know what happens so, and so, it was such a tepid second half performance yeah. against and largely for that second half it was against 10 men so so here's the, here's the question then probably for you mostly Marcus but for the whole guy, whole gang the, the, the feeling I've got about Sven's England is that he picked the best players he thought were the best players mm. and just let him get on with it and yes. it was as good enough as it yes. was good enough mm. and, and so that's why well he drilled them defensively well you've got to he, say he wasn't able to affect the game against Brazil though yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. But I think defensively, he was set up. He was. That's why I think it probably worked well for him in Italian football. You get the lead and you hold on to the lead. But of course, when you're playing against Brazil, when they've got Rivaldo and Ronaldo and Ronaldinho up front, they have other ideas. Yeah, although, I mean, Brazil were down to 10 men for half an hour and England sort of played, even in that circumstance, it was, as it if was, they were already beaten. But it was as and if it England was, were already, they were 2-1 up. Yeah, they're just you know just nice and easy. It, was, it really was quite bad. And I think, you know, his half-time team talk in that game where England... They, they they come in at one all. Rivaldo scores that goal right on 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 the stroke of half time. You know, th- this chat of Sven just didn't really know what to do. I mean, mm. Gareth Southgate himself said that um, you know we needed Winston Churchill and then we got Ian Duncan Smith, which is a great quote. It's very much it's very much two thousand and two Gareth Southgate than now yeah, Gareth Southgate. Now, I think anyone in the dressing room could have said that. Mm. But that's very English perception versus reality. Whereas we look at it as. And people often looked at it when England had lost a game, an important game under Sven Joran Eriksson, as he's too cold, he's not passionate enough, we want to see more on the touchline. But actually, the answer is, as you suggested, Luke, it just wasn't tactically good enough mm, yeah. at the back end of tournaments. Mm. Yeah, um, and England, of course, go out in, 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 in 2002. I actually to the eventual winners, it's worth saying as well. It's winners, not like Brazil yes. Brazil had some pretty good plays. No, exactly. but, but we should say, but I remember there was yeah. there was um, a, a front page of a particular newspaper on the day of the game 
that just said the whole front page was England versus Brazil, World Cup quarterfinal. Nothing that's going on is more important than this. And there was a feeling among a few people. We can laugh with hindsight and go, you know, whatever. But there was a feeling that could this be the precursor to the final? Because if you looked at the teams that were still in the competition, you know, semi-final against Turkey, nothing's a gimme. Yeah. But England would have been favourites for that game and then would have played Germany in the final. I mean, it would have been classic Germany to win that, of course. I mean, it was... It was a limited Germany, though. It was a limited Germany, but the point was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm partly, ple- I'm partly pleased England got knocked out by Brazil, not Germany. Not Germany, yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> it's just been so typical. But it was there was a feeling that this was actually... And I think this England side, actually, when you had skulls and butt in the centre... Beckham on the right, and it was was it Trevor Sinclair who was coming to the side and play on the left, which seems crazy, but he he did all right, you know. Um, that was actually, in terms of the side, that was the best balanced side actually. Sven yeah. probably put out. Yeah. Um. Uh, but 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 but, the, but Brazil the, had four of the greatest players of all time. Oh, I'm not arguing over that. It was Ronaldo, yeah. you know, won yeah. the tournament. Nobody would uh, would would question that, of course. But the 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 questions of Sven's tactics would come in. I think more during kind of Euro 2004, because as I said, you know, England during that qualifying campaign, you know, some couple of fiery games against Turkey uh, and so on. But England came out on top and that's when qualifying actually was much more arduous or it certainly seemed to be. Yes. Nowadays, I think people expecting to sort of breeze through it, but it was actually something to, to, to contest there. And, and England would often play a diamond in, in the midfield. Uh, and I, and, and a, a couple of times they actually did play um, Gerald and Lampard, I think together, but, Again, it was a slightly different setup, and on the eve of Euro two thousand and four, Beckham and and the, and one or two of the players went to Sven and said, "Actually, we would prefer a flat four. And I think that's when Sven should have said, "Actually, chaps, no, I'm the manager here." Yeah. But that's when he just goes, "Okay, fine." And then suddenly you shoehorn in Lampard and Jared, and the I mean, th- this is what we're talking about. The, the the conversations in the pubs and all the rest of it, and I remember them very vividly. Some people were going, "You just cannot play them," and and literally people were saying about well, top level international football. Look, of course they can play together. When one goes, one stays. Yeah. yeah. That is the level. That's not even in Sunday league. Yeah. The central point to remember on all this is the point you made about a couple of minutes ago where you say Sven is asked by his players to do something. He apparently does it. And it's no coincidence that leading up to the 2006 World Cup and then going into the 2006 World Cup, the player power in England is at the apotheosis. And it's yeah. the worst it's mm. ever been. Yeah, it yeah, becomes yeah. an absolute circus. Yes. And a, yes, lot of individuals, it, a lot of individuals mm. take the blame for that. But Sven was the guy at the top of the tree yeah. who didn't stop that happening. Their entourage in like Baden Baden was like 150 people. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, not just the, it's, it's not just the tactics, it's the atmosphere, it's everything around it. Isn't yeah. it? And yeah, also yeah. there's the curveball in taking Theo Walcott. He was a 16-year-old who hadn't played for Arsenal at that point. Well, he was still at Southampton, wasn't he? Was no, he, he joined Arsenal in the previous January. Oh, had hadn't, he? Hadn't started a game. We, we had and he was just like, hey, let's, let's see what happens here. Like, absolutely. When you had he famously Reckless said, decision. didn't he? I, I just had a feeling. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Jermaine Defoe was a bit like, uh, can you yeah, exactly. have a bit more of a feeling about me? <laughs> and again, that's not the reason why England win the tournament. You're talking no, about it, the, It's really but it, but kind it, of betrays a lack of coherent planning well it does I mean he said that with regards to the, the, the midfielders we haven't mentioned Paul Scholes yet he said you know Lampard, Gerard, Scholes, Beckham were the four best midfielders that we had I couldn't put any of them on the bench well you have to and, the, and mm. there is a bit of a myth by the way that Paul Scholes was was grossly misused by England I mean that's just not true he played in 98 in his preferred position and, and even Sven in 2002 he had Nicky Butt next to him so he still played in that central midfield role where he would have been more attacking it was the only that tournament and it was only at the tournament really but what he also did he say on the Paul Scholes and I know that he's kind of quite self-deprecating at the best of times but what he did say which I think is quite telling is he said 
part of the reason I retired is because I knew there was periods of time where I wasn't playing very well mm. and I'd automatically get picked yep. every single time. Yep. And there were other midfielders playing that I, I was an England fan. I wanted England to do well yeah. and I knew I was in no mm. sort of form. Yeah, yeah. I needed to concentrate on my club career to get my form back mm. and I was still getting picked every time. Yeah, right enough, right enough. So the reputation, for those who were who listening who were a lot younger than they were talking about 16, 17, 18 years ago here, so people might not remember it, mm. the player power was incredible. Part of the reason Gareth Southgate's current... Um, era is supposed to be so refreshing or at least it was at the start is because it felt like there were no it was no longer a period where all these players would be automatically being picked no matter how mm. bad they're playing now you may disagree with that with the Harry Maguire thing with the Harry Kane here and there whatever but that was the point at the time 90% of the England squad mm. just picked itself you could score 20 goals for an unfashionable team in the Premier League maybe and not even get anywhere near it and that's, he, he, that was the issue true but he did pick a few players actually I, I, I think I slightly disagree with you on that because th- those players they were they were such huge names and and clearly maybe it's because the players were just so well, so good. Well, clearly with the midfield he didn't get the balance right. When, you know, as as time would go on, but actually he did bring in a few players outside of just the big clubs. I mean, Chris Powell was the obvious one. Okay, then he got a few yeah. England caps and so on. But I think he actually did try and bring in and think a bit more outside the box. Those cliques that were under Keegan. You know, they would say that the Liverpool players sit together, the Manchester United sit, players sit together. That was still a little bit of the case. With, maybe I'm with, just maybe I'm just ranting about it because it was just so boring. Well, perhaps, but so that was dull. that was fair, still the case no... with Sven. But it would take Southgate to come along and try and bring everybody together. However, the the squad was more harmonious under Sven than perhaps people sometimes give credit for. Um, but it, yeah, in, but 2006 World Cup was the time. You know, Sven himself even said, you know, because he he left the job after that tournament. He said quarter final in 02 and 04. Yeah, okay, I think you can say unlucky. Fair enough, he said. But 06, we needed to have done better at this World Cup. Yeah. I think that, I mean, the, the defeats, to both defeats to Portugal were quite telling, really. All mm. three of his knockout defeats were to Big Phil Scolari, by the way, which is <laughs> mad, isn't <laughs> yeah, it, it is, to, yeah. to think back. But I think it showed us, actually, that England were technically quite a long way behind a lot of different countries. And then mm. shortly after this, you see what Spain Spain managed to do. And, and again, it shows like, oh, yeah. wow, our, it's like these guys are playing a different sport the technical level of even our really really good players just looks like it's just way way away from being able to replicate this sort of thing I mean mm-hmm. we obviously don't even qualify for Euro 2008 and then you see you see what Spain doing the way they do it yeah. and it really prompted a rethink that we are kind of starting to see the, the, the dividends from now and you look at the technical level of younger players like produce Phil a different Foden type of player through, yeah exactly. Belling, like exactly so many of the current young England players you could name mm-hmm. And it well, was caught up with a bit more four three three now to drill players in that yeah. rather than four four two. But the idea of looking back at these tournaments going into them, all of us thinking, you know, I mean, some more than others are a bit more realistic about our chances. But a lot of people think, thinking, you know, what we might be able to win this with the sheer quality of player we have mm-hmm. alone just seems so naive, doesn't it? Well, I think, I don't, I don't, oh, the naive's a bit harsh. I think. I think again, you look at the quality of. of players. Is there anything you'll accept as a criticism of this Sven regime? No, 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 no! Come on! Don't no, be silly. no, no, no! Because because every single criticism you don't you don't want to hear it. No, it's not. I've just said he didn't get the midfield balance right, didn't I? All right. I was talking about all that. I'm just I, and, yeah. and also I said that the performance against Ecuador was actually not particularly good. Which of his um, dalliances was your favourite? <sighs> <laughs> Who was the one? No, uh, no. But I I just think you know to, to go into a World Cup tournament. As I say, in 2002, could have England England have beaten Brazil on the day? Yes. Could they have beaten Turkey then Germany? Yes. In in, in World Cup 2006, you know you look you look at the teams there. Of course, it's a tall order, but I don't think it was ridiculous to think that England had a chance of winning those tournaments. There was naive. In, in other areas I don't know I think if you again it's the manner of those games against Portugal where obviously they pushed them really hard particularly in 2004 mm-hmm. um, but they I just they couldn't go toe to toe and actually 
kind of impose themselves in a way where you think they're actually going to win this through their quality. They have to hang in there and try and like, you know, essentially get a sucker punch win. Well, the reason why they they went ahead and then they played like that is because that's how Sven tactically set them up. It was a, it was a more kind of Italian way of thinking. It was we defend the lead, and of course they nearly did it. Portugal score late on, and then it all falls to falls. You know, it's all in tatters. And I, and and I think that was a great criticism of Sven's of England that he he wasn't he wasn't as attacking as people wanted him to be. You know, you score five goals away from Germany, you think, well, hang on, we got goals in this team and so on, and they did. But it was right. We go one nil up. And we we will defend that lead, and we will kind of sit on it. And I think that is why uh, a lot of fans started to think, "Hang on, you know what, what what's happening here? We're not we're not we're not we're not really enjoying it as much as as we as as we could." That's why you know that that World Cup in in Russia under Southgate, everyone was like, "Bloody hell, that was actually mm. quite enjoyable." You know. Mm-hmm. So, do you think though that if he'd kind of if Sven had been a little bit more kind of a little bit less pragmatic and a little bit more forward thinking, that those players would have gone toe to toe with Portugal and, and and won that game? I think on paper the England squad. Definitely matches. Would up. you have liked him to? Sw- would you like him to have swapped the conservatism of his football career, um, life no, for, the, for the the liberal nature of his private life? Yep. Invert that. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's married for fifty years. Yep. He's, he's like, <laughs> he'd be out of the tabloids. <laughs> that is what we thought we were getting. Yeah. That is how yeah. it was sold to us. But then on the pitch with Brazil, nineteen seventy, <laughs> he would be. Yeah. He he would be in the tabloids for the right reasons. I think. Yeah. I mean, he's off the pitch lifestyle was was often in his tabloids. Business. I mean that's what his argument was you know he said that uh, you know even if you're the England manager you can go out and meet a woman in most countries in the world that wouldn't be a problem at all uh, I didn't miss training or, or any matches by doing that <laughs> yeah I mean you know in a, in a way I kind of sort of have a bit of sympathy I that's mean, how the world should be yeah but, but it isn't yeah. I think yeah I, I mean the tabloids just thought well this is interesting Let's splash it everywhere. Ooh. Well, no. What happens is you, you, if you presumably, if you're a tabloid journalist or an editor or whatever, you you get to understand the content mm. of a person. So I would, I would, I would tentatively suggest the reason that like um, the tabloids haven't hounded Southgate out of the job is partly because the media has changed. That's mm. definitely an element, mm. but also because he's probably quite a boring bloke. Mm. Doesn't do much. No. You don't hear. You don't hear um, a lot of you know stuff about Guardiola. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's probably, he's just obsessed with football. He's a bit of a yeah. football weirdo. If they get a little sniff of blood, a drop of blood in the water with someone like Sven, they know the type of character he is, how he likes to live his life, they're going to maximise mm. it because that's that's what sells them newspapers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Is, but so he's got to take some of the blame of it. Well, does it. he have to take some of the blame for just living his life in the way he wants to live it? I, I, mean, I, I agree with you. Mm, there were some married do... men who weren't happy well, with how yeah, he acted. Fair. fair. Mm. Yeah, but... And also, I you've mean, got to live in the world... Lots of good trainers. You've got to live in the world... As it is, as well. Yeah. You can't yeah, be yeah. a complete idealist. I mean, also, like, also yeah. by the but way, the way he's viewed in different countries is very different to the way he's viewed here because he's viewed simply on his football achievements yeah. elsewhere. I mean, whereas whereas this is is a very very British way of looking at things, and I think as well with retrospect, mm. we have to look at the way that the newspapers got these stories. Sure, which post Leveson is yeah, this phone a very, a very, a very, a very different way of looking at which it. is which is very poor. I mean, to be fair, they're like. When Sven, um, you know, quickly leaves, uh, you know, a, a, a premises after, you know, having a little whatever, and uh, it, was it in Putney? Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's not Sven tracker blockers on, you know, and he's he's not <laughs> yeah. kind of got all of his clothes still on him, and he's sort of huddling down the street, and then some hotel staff quickly grab him, and go quick, we'll hide you, yeah. and so on. You get a picture of that. That's a story. It's yeah. a massive Absolutely. story. He's yeah. got to be a complete maniac to think it isn't. But here's the thing: the boring answer to all this is, fo- is as follows: If you are someone who's managing England, right, or you're managing a big club who's got a code of conduct 
and you've got to behave in a certain way, mm. right? We can all sit around and say, well, morally, what's he done wrong? It's not up for us to say. The point is, if England, <laughs> if the FA have, a, have an absence of a code of conduct, mm. then that's on them. But if there is a code of conduct, he shouldn't be doing this stuff. Because <laughs> a figurehead position, whether we like it or not. Ultimately, though, they, as I said, they're going to smell blood. Yeah. If they're going to understand he's that type of character, they're going to fucking set traps for him. He also, by the way, getting away from the, 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 the sort of the dalliances and whatnot, you know, he was caught by an undercover newspaper uh, reporter that is uh, found him to say he'd be willing to leave England and manage Aston Villa. That was the fake shake, wasn't that it? Was that was the fake shake, and he yeah. could convince Beckham to join from Real Madrid and and so on. And he said since that this is why England sacked him. And I think that's I think if if, if he didn't have these things, as I say, you know, he had to apologise for meeting out Roman Abramovich and so on. If those kind of conversations and whatnot were actually kept out of the public eye, and it was just the things that he got up to of a more naughty nature. I think, yes, there would still be public outcry. And you're right, Andy, the way we view things in this country traditionally and so on, I, th- I think you're right. But I think it was those kind of things, actually, um, that people, I think, had a no, bit I mean, maybe. Well, you reckon, you reckon that you agree that that contributed to his sacking? I'm, I'm agreeing that that contributed to... Uh, towards the end, people kind of going, "Hang on, are you England manager or not?" You keep right, looking okay. elsewhere. Yeah. Okay, so I think that I, th- I actually think the public care more about that. So that's, I that's think, fine. I think those who are not really football fans or whatever, not that football fans are scumbags or anything like that. I don't mean that at all. But those who are not football fans get outraged about this stuff because yeah. they don't really know much about it, and it's yeah. just something to talk about. I'd have taken a World Cup win and Sven and Beckham at Aston Villa. I don't see what it was. I didn't jumping out of a hotel room with his clothes I think. Um, I think uh, I would, that's interesting. Because I would just say that if you look at um, his, his 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 managerial tenure at England in retrospect, and mm. talk about a legacy and talk about him leaving, I would say actually his legacy is probably pre- fairly inconsequential. He's, he's a curiosity because mm-hmm. he was the first person to not being the manager. He was a bit uh, not England. Not English, yeah, yeah he, he's he's obviously a bit of a character. He clearly yeah. was, and yeah, that's part of it. But if you look at um, the overall legacy, he's just one in a list of, of different types of managers that the mm. completely rudderless and directionless FA flip-flop between. Mm-hmm. They went after Capello afterwards because he was apparently this authoritative figure. You know, Ollie Holt said, um, you know, this paved the way for Fabio Capello. Like it was some kind of like amazing revelation that he was the only person that realised that. Mm. England have been flip-flopping through managers of different types, trying all different types of manager for a long time. And, yeah. and, and, and Sven was obviously a part of that because there was a feeling that all he needed to do was be a gentle hand on the tiller, as Marcus has touched on, drill him quite well defensively and let the quality of the player do the job. And that didn't really work by England's own standards. But other than the fact that Marcus loves him, and I love that Marcus loves him, his legacy as an England manager is fairly inconsequential, I would mm. argue. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, you know, he said his major regret as England manager was not taking a mental coach to the World Cup with help, to help with the pressure of penalties. Well, how much work has Southgate done in that regard? Yeah. And England is still all top level sport now, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and England has sort of ultimately fallen short. I know it was a great win against Colombia, but I mean that. But there just didn't happen, did it? Yeah. It, was, it was far more acceptable to attack people mentally. The way Beckham was treated after '98 is a great mm. example. Yes. The way that we'd always pin a failure mm-hmm. on a player who missed a penalty in a shootout yeah. without giving a shit about their mental health. There's been a raising of consciousness generally since yeah. that era. And the approach to pressure was, "We'll just deal with it, get on with it." It's yeah. part of the job. Yeah, you paid, you paid fifty grand a week. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. No, nobody. What you got to be stressed about? Yeah. yeah. Like when when Bukayo Saka takes a penalty for Arsenal, 
in in the Europa League against Sporting. I, I'm not thinking about his penalty miss for England. No, never. It, are. It's yeah. a t- totally different treatment than Definitely. say you know when Chris Waddle steps up for Sheffield Wednesday mm. against Wolves in the cup. Waddle did miss by the way. Saka scored. Do you, you regret know. that Beckham effigy you made? That Come burned on, and burned. naughty, um, <laughs> very naughty. Is it? Uh, what he it's said. The, the effigy was a disgrace <laughs> and, 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 and horrible. But what Luke was said was naughty. Let's yeah. be clear about that. I mean, for, for anyone who is, is is maybe a little bit younger and doesn't quite know what we're talking about. People made effigies that they burned of David Beckham because he got and hung, yeah. hung and then burned because you he say, got sent off. You say people made effigies as if like everyone was doing it. What he means well, is West Ham fans. <laughs> it was basically one is West too Ham many, fans. isn't it? We can agree that one is too many. Yeah. Wasn't it West Ham fans? It was, basically yeah. was West Ham. Yeah, that's right. It was. I, I, think, it was. I think the the bottom line. We're looking at the England side of it. What about the Sven side of it? Because mm. he obviously loved yeah, it so time. much that yeah. he made international coaching. His he even agreed to appear on this show exactly. that's how much yeah. he likes English football <laughs> you're right Andy he, he managed Mexico Ivory Coast was at the World Cup in the Philippines uh, but he always said the England job uh, is the biggest job in football and it was certainly his biggest job in football can I just say I absolutely applaud his little international tour because if I was a football manager of a certain mm. age and I'd done everything I wanted to do and was, mm-hmm. you know, I was winding down you're damn right I'd be putting a pin on yep. the map saying I wouldn't mind living there yeah. Yeah. do they fancy giving me a gig yeah. great Good yeah. on him. But by the way, though, with regards to, to, to me defending Sven's England record, I actually, I'm not defending Sven's England record. When I look back at that period, I think, I actually think he didn't make the most of, of the team he no, had. But you always def- you'll always defend the man. Mm. I won't always defend the man. <laughs> especially, especially not in court, um, if I was called upon. But um, you're, you're now being defensive about being accused of being defensive. I, I, I think he's an incredibly charming man. We all do. And I think that everyone would succumb to his charms, um, as <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, as, as, him. as seems to be the case. Yeah. Uh, but if, with regards to him as England manager, he, I you know, enjoyed a lot of it, um, and I think you know some some great results and moments in there. But but ultimately, I don't think he got the right balance in that midfield, and I don't think he um, made the most. But of But isn't that the sport. mistake thinking about him as the silver bullet who was going to make England from? Yeah, shit to world beaters. Well, no, I don't. Whereas, think I... whereas, like the reality is, so you do disagree with what I said a, a little bit because I think he was good for the stage that he was meant to oversee. Mm. He didn't. I don't disagree with you in terms of he could have got a little bit more out of it. Mm-hmm. But I think England are further forward when he leaves than when he took the reins. Because England then failed to qualify for the next tournament, so. I wouldn't necessarily blame it on Sven, though, to be fair. Yeah. I'd blame we, it on Steve McLaren. So is there a, <laughs> they're an argument that first half good, second half not oh, so good. I was about to say that. <laughs> I was about to say this episode has been a great tribute to Sven because the first half was good, there second half not so good. There you are, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us on another Football Ramble Guide too. Remember, we want your ideas for our next guide. Email us, show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble with your suggestions. There we are, everybody. Thank you very much, chaps. And thank you, Sven. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.